Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to episode 73 of the Talking Friars podcast. Ben Fadden here with Jacob Zimmerman on Thanksgiving Eve, November 24th. And today we're going to talk about uh, the position players that are on the free agent market that the Padres uh, could go after and probably should go after. Uh, first off, Jacob, how's it going? Good, good. Glad to glad to be back doing this. It's been a little while, it feels. Um, off season kind of starting to heat up now because um, we don't know how long this lockout's going to be because we know there's yeah. going to be one. Very, yeah. It very might uh, slow down very quickly on December first, yeah. uh, which is when the you know new CBA has to be agreed upon or else a lockout will happen. There will be pretty much no business happening because there's no rules, parameters of, you know, how teams can go about things, what rules will be, you know, in place during games, you know, DH or run around second base, uh, limiting maybe perhaps number of pitchers so that we don't have, you know, a bunch of bullpen arms coming in every game, Uh, just little stuff like that. So, some of these teams, you're right, some of these teams are going to be going out. We've seen a little bit teams coming out before this December 1st date and signing guys uh, just so, you know, they can at least say that, you know, we're, we've started a little bit of the offseason mm-hmm. instead of some teams that will be, you know, not have made any moves and now they can't make any moves because the players in the league have all their egos and, you know, they – don't want to agree on anything. Uh, So I guess, I mean, that's a totally different topic for another day. So right now position player free and options, um, there's some unrealistic options 
um, you know, Corey Seager, Carlos Correa, Trevor Story, Javier Baez. I mean, those unrealistic because they don't fit the team. And obviously the Padres, even if they did, they wouldn't be paying those guys because of salary and payroll, you know, situations that the Padres find themselves in Um, some, you know, more unrealistic options, but that kind of fit the Padres outfield wise, right? Nick Castellanos, guys like that, um, who is going to command maybe Chris Bryan, even they're going to command a lot of money uh, and the Padres, you know, don't really want to, they're probably, maybe they want those players, but it just doesn't fit payroll wise because of mm-hmm. all of the other salary commitments. Some of the salary commitments um, have not, they don't look good right now, AKA Eric Cosmer um, and Will Myers a little bit to a degree, uh, but, and others look really good, you know, like a Jay Cronenworth, who's not making much money or someone who is making money in Fernando Tatis Jr., there's one, you know, there's both sides of the aisle, you know, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but as before we get into, you know, specific targets, there are, you know, the need that these targets are going to be, you know, need based. Uh, and that's pretty much power hitting outfielders specifically yep. uh, on the corners. You could always move Trent Grisham to a corner, but he's won a gold glove there already. Mm-hmm. You have Will Myers right now in right field you know, pencil then in right field, who knows if he gets traded or if he stays, um, you know, jerks and profar is the only other outfielder on the 40 man roster. And I guess you could consider him an outfielder, but he's more of a utility guy. Yeah, He, can he, play, he played a lot of first base last year, pretty well as you know, and Adam Frazier wasn't hitting and Hosmer was on the bench. Um, so that's another position that he's something can, to see. <laughs> yeah. The, the point is he's, uh, He's not just a pure outfielder. He's definitely not. That's You don't want only three guys, and they're obviously not going to have three outfielders just on the roster. Um, yeah. So outfield help, power hitting outfield help, uh, that that power you know department really struggled uh, definitely last year. And it's not really just the outfield. It's more they just need more power in the lineup, period. Adam Frazier's not going to bring you much power. Jake Cronenworth has power. But we're, I think we're talking more about, you know, 20, 30 homer guys, mm-hmm. uh, 35 homer guys even, if they want to pay that to that player um, instead of, you know, 15 to 23 homers, something like that with what probably Jake's going to give. Uh, Hosmer, even if he's on the team, was he like 15 home runs? It's not great. Uh, you know, Manny, Tatis, and Jake, like we mentioned, it's a three-man lineup you know, kind of power wise right now. And then after that, you don't have power in the catching position. You don't have power with Adam Frazier. Like I mentioned, you don't really have power with Trent Grisham. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Myers has power, but it's a lot of strikeout too. So just more, just consistent power fam. Would you have like 15 homers last year, 18 homers? Yeah. So it's not, uh, I mean, that's not terrible, but they want more than that, yeah. you know, out of a corner outfield position, which is meant for power, not really defense that much. Um, mm-hmm. So the payroll definitely factors into it. You don't, we don't really know if Seidler, well, he's, I think he said that he's willing to go over for the right move, but you'd prefer it to be under. And right now spot track has the payroll at 185 million. So that gives them $25 million of room under that luxury tax. Now, the luxury tax could very well change. It could go down. It could go up, you know, based on 
the new CBA and whatnot. Yeah. Probably, if it's going to do anything, it's probably going to go down. I would think. That's what I'm thinking. Just for yeah. competitive reasons, because the Dodgers spending 280 million, I think, last year. Yankees, Red Sox, um, teams like that, they can blow over it and they don't really feel anything. So just for competitive reasons, maybe they do that, or there's a salary floor. Now, the Padres don't have to worry about that, but other teams like the A's and the Rays, you know, might need to. Uh, and it might, the Rays might have thought that the salary floor is coming with that Wander Franco, you know, mega contract extension. Yeah. They don't give out $182 million uh, to anyone. It, they didn't do that to Evan Longoria. Like, it was like their I don't best. I have ever done that. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, the salary floor might be coming. But again, that's another topic for another day with the whole CBA stuff. But for the payroll, $185 million right now. So, not a whole lot of room uh, to make deals. Uh, the luxury tax space right now, according to Spot Track, it's two different numbers. Like the luxury tax adds in a whole lot of other stuff. Uh, into it the payroll again 185 million but the luxury tax space they space uh they say that the potters are negative 3.8 million uh with you know for the tax space so they don't have any room now i'm not really sure what that whole you know entails um because i've seen you know dennis lynn stuff they're reporting that the Padres do have room, not a lot of room, but more like the $185 million, like $25 million of room. But then for Track to say that they are already over it by $3.8 million, and that's and I, that's not saying the 2021 number, that's saying the 2022 number. So yeah, I'm kind of confused by that number. So I guess we can just go by the $185 million, uh, because mm-hmm. that's what the writers are saying, that it's their job to do this. So I think that they know what they're talking about. So we'll just go with Dennis Lynn and what all of them are saying. So, you know, $25 million a room. So you that kind of takes you out of the Castellano stuff, you know, the Strowmans, yeah. guys like that, you would think, uh, because they're probably going to command more than $25 million a year. Now, Seidler, again, obviously, is get, he's willing to go over. Um, but for this exercise, I think going with guys that are probably going to cost less than that $25 million, now you don't want to spend it all on one guy, right? So that also mm-hmm. makes your budget go even, you know, more down. Um, yeah. So let's see. I have like seven names, um, outfielders first, then we'll go to the mm-hmm. DHs because that's probably what's going to happen. Um, and so let's start off here. My number one guy to go after, Chris Taylor. Uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers used to be on the LA Dodgers last year and he doesn't play just the outfield plays second base he can play shortstop uh, but he played pretty well in left field last year now bet you're probably saying Ben look the power that's you just went on this whole thing about you know power and wanting power more power Chris Taylor is not a power hitter well yeah that's true uh, but he did still hit 20 home runs last year and AJ, we know AJ Preller and his versatility and how much he loves versatility. Uh, and, you know, Chris Taylor is that. He's a better Jerickson profile. Um, yeah, he's he's not a switch hitter, um, but, I mean, he's a 2 6 war player last year, 13 stolen bases, so he can run. Like I mentioned, the 20 home runs. Now, he might not be the greatest fit, you could say, because. Uh, you know, Jerks and Profar is here, like I mentioned. That's already a utility guy. 
Cronenworth can play multiple positions, so you can say he's an infield utility guy. Um, Austin Nola, to a degree, can play catcher and first. We know Tatis can play the outfield. Obviously, that's not going to happen until he gets hurt again, you know, you'd think. Um, They want him at short, but that's a whole other thing. Um, Myers can play all three outfield positions. Grisham can play all three outfield positions, if you think. So they do have positional versatility. Machado's playing right field 50% of the time. They do have (laughs) positional versatility. Um, So that might not be the greatest need. Chris Taylor, he – He's one of those players that isn't going to, you know, hit the front page. He's not going to be on the front page or anything or be, you know, especially when Tatis is on the team and stuff like Machado. Uh, But he still can be a very impactful piece. Uh, MLB Trade Rumors, um, that baseball site, he's they're projecting Chris Taylor to get about $64 million over four years. So that's $16 million a year. So that theoretically could fit financially. But again, I think the Padres with pro priority on the team, um, you know, they already have to have that contract, uh, mm-hmm. which they probably do regret to a degree. Um, I think that it yeah. might not be the best fit, but I mean, Chris Taylor, if there's a guy that you want um, that fits needs, might not be power, the power need. At, I mean, he has power, um, but just an overall good baseball player. I mean, that's Chris Taylor. Yeah, um, I mean, I was thinking um, – I did like that Chris Taylor. I was thinking him more down the line a little bit on my priority list just because of the power, the pop. But, mm-hmm. um, I mean, if you watched the playoffs last year, you're you're well aware that, you know, he can hit home runs in clutch situations, um, which right now I feel like the only guy that does that is Fernando on a consistent basis, maybe Jake Cronenworth here and there. And but, even, um, even Fernando wasn't that clutch. Exactly, yeah. And I feel like Chris Taylor was like, I'd say I've heard his name, at least when we played us, um, besides AJ Pollock, he was one of the ones that was killing us. Um, So maybe he likes playing in San Diego, who knows? Um, But yeah, him, you know, he's got that versatility. He can, he, he, you said he hit 20 home runs. Um, That's more than our outfielders hit um, any one of them, I think. Um, And yeah, he's got the versatility. He can, he's a pretty good fielder too. He's not awful. Um, I'd say he's probably better than Fam. At least um, you know he can see the ball. Uh, you know he doesn't have an eye. You know mm-hmm. something there. But um, I like that one. Um, I'd have him a little bit more down. I had a different number one. Um, maybe I'm a little bit biased because I do. I was following him a little bit this year. Um, yeah, I just I, I like that one though. He was he was definitely on my list of you know a notable person I would watch out for. Mm-hmm. And now to the next, like, six names I had, uh, we'll get to – I'll ask you what your, you know, number one was when we're done with this. Um, this isn't in any particular order, but these names, we'll go just one by one, kind of like Chris Taylor. Uh, next one, Jock Peterson, um, mm-hmm. outfielder. You could say he's a DH option as well because the glove isn't that great. Um, but I would put him there, yeah. If you're, yeah, but if you're talking about uh, – you know, power, it's there. I know that he had a negative war last year. Uh, but, again, that's factoring in defense, negative 0.1 war. Uh, he did have 18 home runs, uh, hit, you know, even more home runs in the postseason with the Braves, played yeah. really well. Um, his pers- personality, obviously, will fit, you know, in the clubhouse. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> four, uh, 422 slugging percentage last year, 
obviously he played well, I believe, against the Padres when he was with the Dodgers. It seemed like he was coming up big, you know, whenever uh, the Padres were playing the Dodgers. Uh, you know, so he knows the division well, the NL West. Um, and, you know, I think he wants to be on a contender, right? He wants to win again. Now, he might, he might very well go back to the Braves, you know, just because of him winning a World Series there. But he won a World Series in 2020 with the Dodgers and then went to the Cubs for, you know, what, $7 million? And I think that's probably what the range he's going to get again because last year it wasn't it wasn't like, a, oh, my God, Jock Peterson, where is this? Like, it wasn't like a breakout year. It was, it was still kind of more the same. He just got more playing time. Uh, you know, if if you don't, if you know, there's no DH or whatever, or he's better to be, you know, in a corner outfield spot. He could he could platoon. Uh, he hits way better. I was looking up his numbers this morning on Baseball Reference. Hits way better uh, versus right-handed pitchers um, than left. Uh, and the Braves knew that. I mean, and the Cubs, whatever they had, he had way less at bats. Uh, I think he had over 300 against righties and like a little over 100 against lefties. Um, but again, knows the division well. Could be a platoon option, and I think that he fits under the category of, you know, options that are going to cost probably less than 10 million dollars. Yeah, it's an affordable option um, on a one-year <clears throat> deal. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, um, he did, you know, kind of boost his free agency stock, I'd say, after that um, crazy playoff tear he went on. Um, You could say the same thing about Jorge Soler as well. But I think um, Jack Peterson, I I wanted him actually when he uh, before he signed with the Cubs. I thought that was a guy that um, the Padres could look at, um, you know, if they kept the DH, because I see him more as a DH kind of guy. because obviously, um, if we didn't have Eric Cosmer, I would plug him at first. Because I, I kind of see the same, you know, with Eric Cosmer and Jock. I just see a lot more power with Jock, um, which is why I think he's a good option. But um, yeah, it's a very cost-friendly option. You know, as you said, you know, it's going to be under the ten million dollars, which is, um, I think, a, you know, when you get into that ten million dollars per year range, it becomes a lot. Um, so it's a very affordable option. I think that it's, you know, you're going to get what you want. You're going to get power and that's what we need right now. Yeah. Uh, again, the power is obviously, you know, going to be a main, uh, I guess, check bo- uh, box yeah. that you got to check, um, for the Padres this off season because Jake Marisnik didn't do it at the deadline last year. Um, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh man. Yep. Um, you know, Grisham had a down year, you know, you'd think that he'd rebound, but then even then he's not a power hitter, you know, he's more of a leadoff guy. Um, and Will Myers yeah. has power, but I think his days of like, has he had a 30 homer season, like 25 to 30 homers? I think those days are over. More like it was 2016, 20 homers, <laughs> something like that. Uh, so yeah. the powers definitely needs to, you know, come back. One guy that not not a lot of people are talking about, uh, but he does have power, and that's Andrew McCutcheon. Uh, I was just about to say to play with the Phillies, mm-hmm. uh, outfielder. You know, could be a bench bat. I know some people, you know, with, uh, you know. His age, 35 years old, you might not want him playing, you know, every game or whatever. Uh, but this guy, he can still hit. Uh, 
you know, a war of 1.4, like 27 home runs last year, 80, 80 RBIs in 2021. So, again, 35 years old, so he probably won't cost much, uh, you know, based on just the way – I'm not sure he lived up to expectations in Philly, uh, you know, over that contract. Um, he was worth about $10 million a year last year, uh, according to Fangraphs' uh, dollar value metric. So that could be in the same range. Um, on a one-year deal, one year mm-hmm. at a mutual option, one-year club option, something like that. And I think the McCutcheon, you know, he hasn't won a World Series. You'd think that he'd want to be on a contender, and the Padres on paper, you know, fit that. Uh, eh, don't get you hope they, so. On paper, they <laughs> you hope so. That. Yeah, mm, um, yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. On paper, that doesn't mean anything, based because definitely what we saw last year. I don't trust uh, the paper anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I think that's all you can really judge. I think, you know, the new manager, right, Bob Melvin, I think that's a factor. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. McCutcheon, I, I like the option. Um, you know, people aren't talking about him, like, at all. Like, at all. Like, on Hot Stove and MLB Network or anything uh, about, you know, McCutcheon as an outfield option for teams. And now I understand because they're not talk, they might talk about them later when other guys are signed. Uh, you know, Starling mm-hmm. Marte, Michael Conforto, Chris Bryant, Nick Castellanos. Those guys are going to get the you know big headlines because those are the big names. Um, but I mean, McCutcheon, he's a he's definitely a viable option in my opinion. Yeah, hundred percent nailed it on the dot. Um, I was just I was thinking of Andrew McCutcheon right before you said that. I was looking at his uh, stats right here. Um, and when I looked it up, I didn't. I knew he hit a lot of home runs because it. He kind of had like a, not breakout, but kind of a bounce back year in terms of power. You know, because of his age, he's getting older. Yeah. Um, and I was like, whoa, he he I hit twenty seven home runs. That's a pretty good amount yeah, for I no mean a thirty five year old. Uh, yeah, I don't I think I don't think anyone was talking about him because you know Bryce Harper winning the MVP totally overshadowed yeah. anyone else on the Phillies. Yeah, I mean, and he was just kind of you know, in the shadows right there, but he was doing his thing. Um, I, I feel like every time I watched him, now that I think about it, I feel like every time I watched him, he's hit a home run or he's, you know, he's gotten on base a lot. Um, you know, he's always been a good defender in my opinion. Um, you know, every time I, at least all the highlights I've seen of him, uh, you know, he's robbed some home runs. I'm pretty sure he's, you know, been a pretty good guy. You know, he has a positive war at least. Um, it's more than, can say about a lot of people um Eric Osner. um but you know that that's a really good option I think um I don't think it would be insanely expensive you know maybe it might be in the same range as Jock Peterson um maybe a little bit more just because he hit a lot of home runs compared to Jock Peterson but then again you got to factor in that age um but I think again that's a very viable option for a team like this that needs power it's a big option yeah. I mean, as we're saying that, you know, kind of comparing Kutch and uh, Jock's contracts, I'm going to look up what was Andrew McCutcheon's contract with the Phillies because that was, what, three, four years ago? Fifty, three years. Three years, $50 million, uh with the Phillies. He signed that in December of 2018. So obviously he was like what thirty-two years old. So mm-hmm. fifty divided by three, sixteen a year. He's three years older. Um, 
he did have an injury, right? Kinsler, right? Mm-hmm. Kinsler on the rundown in San Diego. He hurt his ACL, I think. Um, so I think that 16 million number is going to go down, you know, because oh, yeah. of uh, age. Uh, maybe there's just as an, a market as there was back then, you know, of a one-year deal for a guy who's 35 as opposed to a one-year deal for someone who just came off like Soler or Peterson who just came off great, you know, World Series. You know, McCutcheon hasn't been in the postseason, obviously, in those three years with Philly. Um, so mm-hmm. maybe that plays a factor. Um, and I don't want to really bring this point up just because – We've seen someone, um, I'll just say it, the leadership. Um, he, he'll, bring, he'll bring leadership to the clubhouse. Um, now, I, I think that you don't really need leadership in the outfield. Maybe you do with Grisham uh, because Kutch won an MVP as a center fielder, maybe. Um, but you don't really need leadership, I guess, you know, because you have Machado. Uh, but the whole leadership thing, and I'm refer- referencing uh, Eric Hosmer and how the, re- the whole leadership thing was really uh, emphasized that this guy's going to be a great leader. And uh, it seems like he is, I guess, in the clubhouse. Um, like the guys love him and all that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. But I don't know if he does it by his play, though. Um, he doesn't lead by um, his actions. That's a good example. Field, yeah. Say that. <laughs> um, at least if you look at his career in a Padre uniform. Kansas City fans, uh, they might disagree, but guess what? We're not talking about him five years ago. Yeah, take him back. Take him back. Um, (laughs) But so Andrew McCutcheon, you know, I think he's a good option. I think, I think he'll respect that what the Potters are doing. I think I think that's you can say that with everyone that I'm naming here. Um, So I think McCutcheon's a good option. Again, like a one year, maybe two year type thing. Um, and then another guy, Mark Canna, uh, with the A's, uh, mm-hmm. has that Bob Melvin connection. Uh, again, he's not going to command a whole lot of money, maybe one-year, two-year deal. A lot of these guys are short-term just because they're not, you know, deemed as a star player or at least a star player anymore in McCutcheon's right. Um, so they're go- They're not going to just – they're just not going to have the interest. They're not in their – prime years maybe jock yeah. but they're not in their prime years you know or chris taylor too even though i think he's over 30 but they're not in their prime years like um you know castellanos and chris bryant and guys like that that you know have been all-star games more recently and all that uh but mark canna i mean 2.5 war last year which was almost the same as chris taylor and canna didn't even play the same you know, all of those, these different positions like Taylor did that probably helped Taylor's war. Um, 17 homers for Canna. So that's in the, what, the Will Myers homer range. Um, say, yeah. 61 RBIs. Now the one kind of red flag, I guess, that you could say is uh, the strikeouts had 128 of them last year. That, so that's going to be a problem, I would think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Um, but we, we can't, like, act like we haven't faced strikeout problems with an outfielder oh, for no. the last four, five years or whatever in Will Myers. Yeah. So, I mean, geez, I mean, it was like Sunday games. It was like it felt like he was striking out four times a game. It was just strike three, walk back to the dugout. Strike three, walk back to the dugout. 
swing and a miss. So yeah. I'm glad that the, the strikeouts have kind of gone down, I guess, for Myers. But uh, but as for Marcana, he might better be served as a bench piece. Maybe, you know, Bob Melvin can get in his ear and say, hey, if you take less money, maybe we'll start you on the bench, you know, and if you, you know, play better, I'm going to play the best nine guys, best three outfielders, and maybe, you know, mm-hmm. you can start at some point. Um, but I think Mark Canna is, I think, with Kutch can be maybe another fallback option. Yeah, I mean, it's – it would probably be a cheaper option, I think. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if, especially if you have a connection like Bob Melvin, that, you know, he knows the guy. You know, he's been with him for a while now. Um and, you know, he's kind of getting up there in age, 33 years old. Um, that's not the oldest, but it's, you know, it's out of his prime, I'd say. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think he can still produce, especially as a bench bat, I'd say. But um, who knows? The, I mean, A's, even it, it, the A's are, you know, rebuilding, so I don't think they're exactly. going to bring him back. So that's – I think you would want to go to a contender. You know, you want to go to a team, if you, especially if you're getting older in age. Why not go for, um, you know, a team that can – get you a championship, something like that. Um, and, you know, if you start as a bench bet, you know, and you produce and you're good, you know, you can go into the starting lineup and prove yourself then there. Get, played with, get more money later on. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. Played with uh, Profar for, what, a year? Mm-hmm. Two years with Oakland? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, the Bob Melvin connection. He might have another coach on the staff. Ryan Christensen's been, you know, uh, rumored to – uh, talk with the Padres for the uh, bench coach position. So to be un- to follow Bob Melvin uh, to San Diego from Oakland. So that's a possibility. Um, I think he was not going to, he's not, he's not the, you know, big name. Uh, no. He's not, he does he's not going to hit you know, 30 homers a year. Uh, so maybe that's not the ideal fit for the Padres, but it's a cheaper option. Uh and I don't think it's going to be a long-term deal, obviously. So no. him, Kutch, uh, Tommy Pham, which we'll get to, I think those are good fallback options if other guys, bigger names, you know, don't come to San Diego. Um, another yeah. guy that I really like, Abisil Garcia. Uh, he had almost a three-war, was... almost a three-war um, last year, 29 bombs. Uh, 86 RBIs and 820 OPS. Any OPS over 800 is pretty much considered, you know, above average. Um, mm. That was his last year's numbers. I, I mean, I didn't. I was like kind of shocked. I knew I knew Garcia is a power hitter, but over his last three full seasons, so 2018, 2019, and 2021, he's hit a combined 68 home runs. Uh, so almost 70 homers, homers in his last three full seasons. Again, almost 30 homers this past year for the Brewers. And I don't believe that he played – I don't think he was a uh, starter for, like, every game for the Brewers. Um, no, because they had Lorenzo King, Jackie Bradley, Yelich, him. So they were kind of subbing Bradley in there too with uh, Locaine and him. But then he kind of started popping off, and they started playing him a lot more. Yeah. Let me see here. Looking up his stats, 2021, 135 games. So, yeah, he was he was a starter, but he wasn't playing, like, every, every day. Yeah. Um, 
and he still managed to hit 29 bombs. Um, I mean, this guy, this is, this would be in the Padres price range if we're going off of like predictions and MLB trade rumor predictions. They say he's getting three years, 36 million, which would be doable for us. Uh, that's, um, you know, what is that? 12 million a year, 12 times three. I'm not in math. That's, that's fine with me. Yeah. Yeah. 12 million a year. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. Um, yeah, I think. I was kind of surprised, you know, it was kind of that low. I mean, $12 million is $12 million, but. Uh, guy that does 29 home runs and like that. 31? Yeah, he, I mean, he hits like that. And um, if the DH comes, I mean, even you can put him there if you want him off his feet a little bit. Almost a three-war player. Um, so that's that's an impact player. Um, I, I think that he's a really good fit for the Padres. I think that you could see the Padres, you know, really going after him. Um, the Brewers, I'm not quite sure. You know, they're still stuck under that Jackie Bradley Jr. Uh, Jackie Bradley Jr., yeah. you know, contract, I think, with a player option or something. Yelich obviously is there. They have Tyrone Taylor, I think, a young player. Mm-hmm. Um, so he might – I mean, he could return to Milwaukee, but I don't think they're going to want to, you know, go bidding for him with other teams, you know. Other teams, obviously, are going to try to get him, I would think. You know, I mean, the Giants need outfield help um, if they don't bring back Chris Bryant and, you know, stuff like that. I mean, there's obviously – and this is with every player, you know, I mean, except it looks like with the Potters and Eric Hosmer where they just outbid themselves. Um, don't even get him started <laughs> with that. Uh, like, Boris pretty much – pulling, you know, telling the media, oh, no, the Red Sox are interested, and then they go sign Mitch Moreland for, like, one year. It's like, come on, no, they weren't interested. Um, anyway. Uh, but Avisel Garcia, yeah, I think he's in the price range. I think that um, he's a good fit. I don't know about you. Um, this was my number one guy, believe it or not, um, Avisel okay. Garcia. I followed him a lot last year. Um I watched a lot of his games or a lot of his highlights, I'd say, because, you know, he was hitting a lot of home runs, uh, 29 home runs. I feel like he was kind of went under the radar, you know, kind of like McCutcheon, but I think he was a bit way bigger producer, um, especially with the 29 home runs. He batted over 250 with the over 800 OPS, which is, you know, very good in my opinion. I mean, it's, I think it's worth 12 million a year. You know, if you're going just on a three-year deal, um, he's not insanely old. You know, he's on the 35-year-old range. He's only 31. Um, kind of entering, it seems like he's about to enter, or he might have already entered that prime of his, you know, 31, 30-year 30 age. You know, I think that um, the Padres should do a very aggressive push for this. You know, not outbid themselves, obviously. But I think that um, if they can, I would I would really try and go after him because I think it's a very good option. You know, you can put him in right field, um, put him in left, but I think he's um, a very, very good power option, you know, considering what we got right now. I think that that's a really good option. Yeah, and I'm just looking right now at the amount of games, I think, because that's also an obviously important factor. You don't want to sign someone that probably isn't going to stay on the field. And mm-hmm. 2021, 135 games. Uh, out of the 60 games in 2020, he played 53 of them. 2019, 125 games. Uh, 
2018-93, but then 17, he played 136. And you're just seeing consistently over, you know, 120 games. And I think that, you know, you could look at it as like, oh, wow, 40 games, that's a lot. Yeah, but, I mean, we even saw with Fernando, like, he missed 30 games and yeah. he arguably should have won MVP. Like, so I think that, you know, it's – as long as you're, you know, consistently showing that you're able on the – you know, able to be on the field, I think that a team like the Padres should seriously, you know, have interest in it. I'm sure they've already, con- you know, considered him along with a lot of other options. Um, and – yeah, I think we both agree. I mean, Garcia has to be at the top of the list of outfield options, you know, purely outfield options that, you know, you go after. Mm-hmm. Um, and now the next two that I had are interesting options. One of them isn't going to happen, but, you know, why not? Uh, another guy is a fallback option. <laughs> um, and then we'll get to the DHs. And then, well, before that, then I'll ask Jacob any other guys he would think or had, you know, thought of in his head. Um, but the two guys, um, here, let's keep the suspense going a little bit for the guy that isn't going to happen, but, you know, why not talk about it? Um, so I'll talk, I'll start first with Tommy Pham. Uh, foul, fallback uh-huh. option. Uh, you know, I know some fans, <laughs> it's weird because some fan. I mean, I know you're like, why are you laughing? But it's like, because some fans, you know, they – they don't like him because of maybe ways that they he's seen fan him you know himself treat fans or whatnot, or yeah. they don't like him because uh, he's partying too much and instead of focusing on baseball, which one one is wrong. I think that I mean pr- party all you want, I guess, and that's yeah. not what I'm saying, but. I'm I'm saying don't that get, just don't get stabbed, all right? Just don't get yeah. stabbed. <laughs> I'm saying that he works his butt off. I mean, anyone that oh, yeah. you know is around the team, they'll tell you that. Like, it's not he's not he didn't struggle these last two years or play not up to the level that he wanted to because he's not putting in the work. You know, he he's actually he's really putting the work. And I think what Tingler said last year or something in spring training that. They had to give him days. They didn't want to give him days off during spring training games because they knew that if he had a day off, he'd be in the cage all day. So they just, they, I mean, that's how much he works. Like, so I, that's kind of, I mean, I mentioned it last year, like when he was struggling at the beginning of the year, I was like, I'm confident that he'll turn it around. And guess what he did? Did he turn around all year? No. It was like a month stretch where it was like, holy cow, this is, yeah. Tampa Bay Tommy Pham now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that was really cool to see. And you'd think that if he can do it for a month, I mean, if you just find consistency, I mean, if you're the pro fam camp and I am, not for him to like be a starter um uh, until he proves it. Um, yeah. But like to be a, like a best guy on a one year deal, um, I would be up for that. Um you know, and I, I think that a part of it is the accountability. Like he mentioned to Annie Halbrun before the season ended that he's willing to take a one-year deal and he knows his market, take a one-year deal here and, you know, reestablish himself to get him a bigger mm-hmm. deal. And if that's it for Tommy Pham, we get one year and then he's gone. Okay. Because that means that he reestablished himself and he had a good year here. Yep. So I'd be in on that. Um, he had 18 homers last year. You'd like to see that number up, 61 RBIs, 
20 stolen bases. So that's, I mean, the speed's still there. Um, I mean, the average, I know average is overrated in these days, but I still like to look at it because Mm -hmm. if you're getting a hit, you're getting on base. All I care about is you're getting on base. Um, And so the 226 average isn't great. Um, But again, the accountability factor that no, the, you know, you know that he wants to perform and it's not for a lack of effort. So what are your thoughts on, you know, Tommy uh, coming back? Um, I mean, I'm a Tommy fam fan. I've been a Tom of a fan of Tommy fam. Yeah. I've been a fan of him since uh, we went and saw him in 2019. I think it was spring training. Um, was able to, you know, give him a high five over there on the, the sideline or sideline. The, 2020. The, the, yeah, 20, was, it was like yeah, right the beginning before, of 2020, uh, right? Yeah. Down, yeah. Yeah, it was like the last week we saw him. Um, he was a really cool guy. You know, I think he really likes being in San Diego, like he was talking about with Annie. Um, you know, he wants, if he, he's willing to take that one year deal, I'm, I'm, I think that's what he'll get. I mean, that's, that's the most he'll get, in my opinion, but I think it's something, you know, um, the Padres should seriously look into because I feel like he's got a chip on his shoulder now. Um, you know, he works his, you know, he, he absolutely works his butt off. You know, I think he's working out every single day. He's probably working out right now. Who knows? Um, I mean, but I just a think video that, on Instagram of him doing all these, oh yeah, weird exercises. So if those, if he can do all those weird exercises, as long as he can, you know, hit some bunch, and I think that. Um, if he signs this one-year deal, he'll start on that bench again, kind of like what he was last year. He went down to the bench, and then um, he started to heat up a little bit, and then all of a sudden he's put back in the leadoff spot. Um, so if he can do something like that again, I think that that would be a, a huge dub for the Padres. I think that's something that they should really look into, you know, seriously consider, you know, maybe even going after a, um, a bigger-name free agent or someone that did play a little better last year. And then maybe also bring back fam too, you know, as kind of like a bench option. Yeah, I think, yeah. Um, you know, we mentioned, you know, Mark Canna, Andrew McCutcheon, guys like that. I think those two fall in the same category as fam, kind of as fallback options, maybe bench options, uh, because they do, I mean, another priority. At, I mean, the starter you obviously want first, starting outfielder, power outfielder, the bigger contract, probably, obviously. Um, I mean, the bench needs more power. I mean, Hassan Kim, sorry, that's not power. Jake Marisnik, that's not power. Profar, that's not power. That's three guys. I mean, yeah. Marisnik's not there, but um, Kim and <laughs> like Pro, yeah, <laughs> Kim and uh, Profar, that's two right there. Uh, Caratini, that's not power, right? That's three. What, you have two more on the no. bench? Maybe one more on the outfield? So you need a power bat there. You can't just have another guy up there. I mean, Hassan Kim, it felt like every time, besides like the Reds game, um, you know, he, in that one homer, I remember he hit in Arizona, like he would either like strike out or pop up to the third baseman. Like that's what my mom was saying. Yeah. Like he pops up to the third baseman all the time. I'm like, yep, that's, he's gold glove caliber, but um, the, the power is just not there. So they, yeah. the power I mean, we're just going to keep saying it, but I mean, it needs, they need a starting power bat and a bench bat. And that's why we're saying that, you know, Tommy Pham, guys like that, that's a good, 
combination to have him on a one-year cheap type deal and then you're able to grab you know a starter on a multi-year deal something like that um, I think that's a good option because the power needs to come back that's I mean you can't really emphasize need slam that Diego back we need that back yeah we need that uh, slam Diego power we need we need to get a bunch more home runs because I feel like last year it was just it was there, but it was in very short spurts. And I want, I feel like we need a little more consistency. I think that's a huge emphasis on this free, this free agency period. Yeah. All right. So we've got Chris Taylor, Jock Peterson, Andrew McCutcheon, Mark Canna, Abigail Garcia, Tommy Pham, uh, and now one off the wall guy. Uh, it's not going to happen probably. <laughs> yeah. Not going to happen. Um, but why not? Hey, this is, a fan podcast. We're just, just spitting out names. Um, the one I say, Adam Jones, um, San Diegan. I don't know if you thought that's where I was going with this. Uh, it wasn't. That's different. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll ask you one too, but Adam Jones, not, again, not happening. For anyone who doesn't know, he's playing in Japan. Mm-hmm. I think he speaks Japanese now. Like I was, I think mm-hmm. I quote tweeted something on Twitter where he was like speaking a full conversation in Japanese and not like this slow, like some Spanish thing where I'm like, Oh, you're like, uh, he's like fluent. Yeah. Like, almost. yeah. Like it's, yeah. So he's, I think he's totally in on, you know, playing in Japan. He is 36. So definitely the age is up there. Uh, I yeah. know 36 is young, uh, but it's not young in baseball terms. Um, but I mean, 14 homer, he's only, you know, the power's not really there. He's hit 14 home runs uh, the last two years in Japan. And Japan on the the Nippon, Nippon, whatever, professional baseball league, uh, the power, it's just not there anymore. Uh, But, I mean, he's a good glove. Uh, I think, you know, he does make contact. Um, You know, obviously, he was an all-star, you know, with Baltimore, teammates with Manny Machado. Um, the World other, Baseball Classic here robbed the home run. Exactly, he had his I signature. I think anyone thinks Adam Jones. I think his signature moment is robbing. Uh, who was it? Uh, Machado. It was Machado robbing yeah. Machado. <laughs> That's uh, crazy. The World Baseball Classic. Yeah. At Peckham uh, Park. So wow. that was crazy. Guess who was his teammate? Former Padres Ian Kinsler, and now current Padre mm-hmm. uh, Eric Cosmer. So things are totally <laughs> uh, full. <laughs> Full circle. Uh, Peace. Uh, wow. Uh, but I I just feel like throwing that name out there. I know he's from San Diego. I think he before he went to Japan, I think he like worked out at SDSU and stuff. Um, where'd he go? Madison. Um, high school. I think it was it was a green school. I think it was either Madison or Lincoln or not. Okay. No, Madison or I, th- I think it was Madison. Now that I think about it. Yeah. Um, it was like but, a hawk or something like that. I don't remember. Yeah, let's see. Adam Jones. There he is. Uh, oh, what a, what a middle name, too. Adam Lamarque Jones. Hmm. All right. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. He played for the Mariners. Oh. Mariners, Orioles, Diamondbacks. Finished with the Diamondbacks, born in San Diego, uh, five-time All-Star, four-time Gold Glove, Silver Slugger in 2013, 
won gold with Team USA in the World Baseball Classic. He came up as a shortstop before transitioning to the outfield. All right. Hmm. So uh, early life. Huge Tony Morse. Morse High School. Morse. It started with an N. Okay. Okay. Hmm. At Morse, Adam Jones was a teammate of future Orioles teammate Quentin Berry. Uh, I think Quentin Berry is a was I feel like he's a yeah he's Brewers uh first base coach I think. I was um, like I've never heard that name. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, I yeah. saw him. It must have been the playoffs that I saw him. Um, but yeah, I think anyway, Adam Jones not going to happen. But I was like, that's like a name like he hasn't won a World Series. Like that's like a total name that like. If you if Preller just called him out of the blue and, and Machado's on the conference call and be like, Hey Adam, you want to come to San Diego for a year and uh like one million dollars and here you go? What is he making in Japan? Not that much, probably. He's probably making Well, he's under. probably making more actually. That's probably why he went to Japan in the first place. But like yeah. he was probably receiving like minor league deals and then he was like, Oh, I'll just go to Japan. But um Yeah, that could be it, yeah. But I think a million dollars is playing the MLB, though. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's. I'm pretty sure he's good on money. Get to play oh, for yeah. your hometown team. I mean, come on. Uh, take a yeah. But the only thing there, though, just for, you know, to be serious, is you know the power's not there. So and you're taking up a bench spot, and you already have Profar and Kim under contract. So and he's not really a fit, but um, it'd be cool to see. It would be a cool uh, yeah. kind of story. Yeah. Um, what who was uh, your option that either it's your option or what you thought I was going to say for the out, off the wall kind of not going to happen outfield option? Oh, I thought you were just going to throw out Nick Castellanos or something like that, like Marte oh, or something like that. Yeah, like no, a big, that, big name. No, I, I mentioned that earlier in the episode about, you know, um, guys that just don't fit, you know, because of the yeah. money and all that. Um, you know, Cattell Marte is an, not a free agent. He is a compelling option. Uh, you know, I've heard that name brought up. Great player, all-star, uh, center fielder. So I know Grisham's there, but um, Which yeah. Uh, but the only, you know, thing there is, you know, he's in division and the Diamondbacks, well, that, you know, they're rebuilding with terrible contracts on the books. You know, Madison Bumgarner, one of them. Um, yeah. I, th- <laughs> I think that, I mean, I'm fine with that. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, 100%. But uh, I think that, I mean, they're not going to trade Marte with multiple years of control inside the division for him to just go up to, up to Chase Field and, you know, rake off of him. Okay. Uh, off of Bumgarner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I think they'll leave that to the current Barras and Padres and not, you know, add that on. Um, but so. These are the outfield options that I've had. Um, Chris Taylor, Jack Peterson, Andrew McCutcheon, Mark Canna, uh, Avisiel Garcia. That was our big one that, you know, think that's a great fit. Adam Jones, not happening, uh, but why not? Uh, Tommy Pham, you know, fullback option. Him, McCutcheon, and Canna kind of fall under that same category. Um, before we move on to the DHs, any other, you know, outfielders come to mind for you? 
Um, I had one. It it might sound a little bit weird just because he's had um or this past year he had a pretty pretty down year, I'd say. Um, but Michael Conforto, I think, um, from the New York Mets. Um he's an unknown, very good power hitter, especially from twenty seventeen to twenty nineteen. I mean he was hitting twenty seven, twenty eight, and then twenty nineteen he hit thirty three home runs. And I'm I'm just thinking pure power right now. Um and even last year in that 60-game season, or I guess two seasons ago now, um, he hit 322. I know average isn't a lot, but, you know, he hit 322. He had a um, very good OPS, 927 and 60 games. And he out of those 60 games, he played 54. So I know it's still a small sample size, but, you know, he plays a lot of the games. Um, this past season didn't play as much. Um compared to like someone like Aviseo Garcia, because I think that they'll be in the same kind of price range. Maybe this guy might even be a little more expensive, but I mean, the power's there. He, he, you know, he can hit home runs and I honestly don't think he wants to go back to the Mets, but that's just, that's just my kind of opinion. Um, I'd say just because I'm a known Mets hater over here. No. Interesting. Yeah. Um, what I'd say, I mean, I like Conforto lefty, um, I think that the main kind of problem with that is his agent, and that's Scott Boris, obviously. Um, we know this this guy can be a real handful. Um, and I know a lot of Padre fans don't like Boris now because of what he did with Hosmer. He, he did his job. He got a lot of money out of the Padres. Yeah. Good for him. But um, I think that, you know, conf- Based on his Boris's conversations uh, with reporters about Conforto, um, what I think is he's going to command more money than he's worth. We, we thought um, that you would think, because you know, like you mentioned, the track record. He's been to a World Series, uh, but like. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'll look up an article here. It says, you know, Scott Boris called Conforto the king of Queens at the GM meetings uh, in November this past, this month. Called him the king of Queens. So does that mean that he wants to stay? Um, Let's see. Conforto has been kind of the king of diamonds. Uh, Little League World Series, College World Series. As a Met, he's been an all star, a pennant winner. He's basically become the king of Queens. That's interesting because um, some Mets fans don't even want him anymore. So don't think he's the king of Queens. Um, I mean, he's 29. He's going to be 29 when the 2022 season starts. So Mm -hmm. he is, you know, kind of in his prime. So I can buy, you know, that. He is a good option. I wouldn't be opposed to him. uh, But I think that. Boris is going to keep trying to drive up that price and he might end up going back to the Mets because Steve Cohen might be tired of missing out on guys and being used uh, like he was for the Steven Matz thing and ends up, you know, overpaying for him uh, because he is a Met. Um, Now the Mets might want to go with Starling Marte in center and move Brandon Nimmo, uh, Don Smith maybe in left or whatever. Uh, But I think that Conforto, it's more likely he goes stays with the Mets than comes to the Padres, and I think because of the price. I think I think Boris, to be honest, I think he's trying to get like a five- to seven-year deal up for Conforto. 
And I would not do that wow. if I were the Padres. No. So I would do. I was thinking he would get like a three, four max. To be honest, yeah. I, I would. I would like. I didn't know that uh, Boris was that his agent because um, you know it's very known that Boris is going to get his guys a lot of money. And yeah, I mean, we could. There's another quote here about uh, maybe this is a lie, but Bo- and it probably is. But Boris is, you know, talking about how much interest there is in Conforto, and that's obviously obviously wouldn't play into the Padres' favor because if there's more interest, more offers, driving up offers, pl- pinning one team against another. Uh, but Boris said at these same GM meetings that were in Carlsbad, uh, he says. In free agency now, he's kind of like the ace of many GM's hearts, referring to Conforto. Certainly, we've seen from the interest level that everybody is understanding of the COVID issue and what dealt with the first few months of the season. So he's referring to Michael Conforto having COVID, and that's kind of why he struggled. Um, Okay. Buy into that, whatever. I think everybody understands who Michael is and what he means at the leadership level to teams. Frankly, the interest level has been extraordinary. Um, I haven't heard anything about teams being like, interested in Michael Conforto, so uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't buy that. Um, yeah. But, okay. Uh, I think everybody understands who Michael is and what he means at the leadership level. All right. Um, that sounds like Eric, him saying that about Eric Cosmer. Uh, so let's hopefully let's not go that route again. Maybe you want to stay away from Conforto then. Um, stay away no, from no. Boris's yeah. agents or his clients or whatever. Yeah. And his guys, I mean, Strom, is Stroman Boris? I think Stroman. No, I don't think so. Uh, but he, Boris has Seeger this year, Max Scherzer. So no, no. Simeon, no. Chris Bryant. I mean, that would be cool, but no. Castellanos. Castellanos, no. And Carlos Rodon, maybe, probably not. Uh, so I think the Padres will just stay away from Boris and Preller's like, yeah, we're not signing, we're not coming to you until there's another player we like need uh, because yeah. he kind of screwed us over there. Um, he did his job. Props to him, but it was a little, little, little much, little much. Yeah, uh, but so Conforto, yeah, I, I can buy that, but. It's just another name I was looking at. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think they'll stay away from that. I think, again, I think we yeah. both agree. Abisail Garcia is probably a really good option to go I out. think so. Him and him and Chris Taylor, I think, are the top, top ones they should go after. If not, yeah, I don't, I don't think, if I recall, I don't even think I mentioned this, uh, but Chris Taylor, another thing about, you know, signing him, not even just what you're getting in him, but you're taking him away from the Dodgers. That makes the Dodgers exactly, worse. Yeah. They don't have Kike Hernandez, you know, he's with Boston, so they don't have a utility guy if, unless you want to put Gavin Lux there. So that, that makes – They're going to lose Seager too. Yeah, you'd think. That would, um, so that's going to make so the Dodgers worse, and that makes the Padres better. Um, so And they got Heaney, so they're getting worse, so it's, it's better. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, the, man, the Dodgers are – I know this is Padres, not Dodgers, but the Dodgers have a lot of decisions. We we thought we had decisions. I mean, oh, they got a bunch. I mean, they have a bunch of free agents: Kenley Jansen, Clayton Kershaw, Max Scherzer, uh, Seager, uh, Chris Taylor, Corey Knable, um, 
Who else? Um, Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly. That's another one. Um, and they got to deal with that whole Bauer situation still too. Yeah. And they're still paying him, which still is my, yeah. that, that just doesn't make sense. Um, sure. You can go assault someone and you still get paid. So yeah. anyway, uh, but so those are the outfield options before we close here, the DH options. Um, I have two and then I'll ask you when we're done, but first one, Kyle Schwarber. Um, I think this guy fits, you know, a left-handed hitting bat. I love that guy. I mean, 3.2 war, uh, has a good personality, 32 bombs last year uh, with Washington. And that huge stretch with the Washington Yep. Uh, Yeah, oh, my goodness. That guy, that was was like Barry uh, Bonds-esque, except Schwarber wasn't cheating, obviously. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Have to get that in there. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, Schwarber, 928 OPS last year. 70 home runs in his last two full seasons combined. So 2019 and 2021. Um, I mean, talk about power. This guy is power. Uh, I might be all in on this guy. Now, not overpay all in because there are other options. And I guess there are, you know, other fallback options. Mm -hmm. Um, But so he might be out of the Padres price range. You know, MLB Trade Rumors is projecting him to go. Four years, seventy million. So I don't know if the Padres want to give him four years. Maybe they they go two or, two three. or three. Yeah, four years seems kind of mu- a little much. Um, maybe like a mutual option or something, or a club option, just to kind of you know be give yourself yeah, give the yeah. give the Padres you know a safety net. But I'd be on it. I'd be in on him for a short term deal because okay, if it doesn't work and it's a lot of strikeouts again. It might be a lot of strikeouts, but it's a lot of home runs. And if you put him in the oh, middle yeah. of the lineup, you think that Cronenworth and Machado and Tatis, some of them are going to be on base at some point. And Adam Frazier, who knows if they put him lead off or whatever, and he has a better year. You think that – play him, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think – I mean, I, I'd be in on Schwarber. Oh, yeah, big time. I, th- I um, think the problem, though, is – hang on, before you – I think the problem, though, is just the competition. I think there's going to be a lot of teams that oh, are going to yeah. be interested. I know that the Red Sox probably aren't going to be interested because he's not, you know, he's more of a DH and they have J.D. Martinez mm-hmm. already there. But, I mean, you go down the line of teams that, you know, they might want a DH and there's, especially if you had in the National League, I mean, I mean that obviously adds 15 teams. But, I mean, there's going to be a bunch of interest. Um. Yeah, that's true. I mean, um, he absolutely tore it up last year. Uh, 100% he deserves to get paid. It's just maybe he'd want to take a little bit less to come to the Padres. You know, I I doubt it, but um, it, it would be cool because, you know, he would be a DH. Um, he can still play first. He can play catcher even, I think. Um, he can play, you know, the outfield. But he would be a DH guy. You know, he's hit, he, he'll be that guy that you're looking to hit 25 to 30 home runs. Um, you know, maybe struggles with the strikeouts, like you said, but I don't think that's an issue. If you know, you're not going to bat him lead off like the Nationals did. I don't think. I think you're going to put him in, you know, that the five, four, or five spot, you know, where he can, you know, have people on base. He can get those RBI situations. Um, yeah, it's just it, I don't think we would really want to go in on a long term four year deal um, where we're kind of going all in on him 
Um, and that's with any DH. I mean, because yeah. DH, I don't think you want to give – I mean, I know this is a totally, you know, might be too much of a stretch, but, I mean, with the Yankees with Stanton, um, has he been playing well? Was he their best player in that wild card game this year? Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, that contract is massive. And a DH, you pay that much money in long term to a DH. Mm-hmm. I think DH, you're better off making it – if you're going to go with a firm DH, like Schwarber probably would be, short term, because you don't know what's going to happen with the roster. You don't know if – I mean, knock on wood, but what if Tatis, like, can't stay healthy? And yeah. the DH can be an insurance option for him to kind of help stay healthy for a year, for maybe one year or the second half of the season or something, or, you know, use it with Machado to get him days off. You know, you you want flexibility there, I think. So I think that's the only problem with – I think that's a big problem if you go long-term with the designated hitter position. Yeah, I mean, that's – I feel like that – was kind of the reason why we – I actually don't want to say that. I was going to say that um, that's kind of why we got rid of Framel Reyes and Hunter Renfro. Just be, well, not Hunter Renfro, but Framel Reyes, just because, um, you know, he was young, but he was going to get paid. You know, he was going to get paid soon. Um, it was going to be a couple years down the line, but um, he was going to get paid just because of how much he produced. You know, he had a bunch of home runs in a short span of time, it felt. Um, but if you get – a guy like Kyle Schwarber, maybe, you know, he can get him under that, you know, four-year range. I feel like two to three years, um, you're not trapped. You know, you're not actually like, you're not wasting money. It feels, you know, you're not sending money to this guy where he's just going to hit, you know, you're not going to have flexibility with him. Um, you're not going to have a fallback option for other guys, you know, if they need a rest day, like you said, um, yeah, I feel like, you know, you just you want to you want to try and get him in that two to three year range, maybe with the club option, you know, try and work something out like that. But I feel like if the Padres can, they should make a serious push, um, even though there's going to be a ton of competition. A hundred percent. You know, this guy, it, it was craziest terror I've ever seen um, in the last. I can't even remember. It, it was it was probably the craziest I've ever seen, you know seriously watching baseball i feel like it was crazy but these were um, bombs oh yeah they were they're absolutely crushed um th- this guy he deserves it 100 percent. no i'm not trying to take credit away from him but um for a guy like him you know strikeouts are maybe a concern you know um he, he just but he hits bombs that's what the potteries need you know at the end of the day you know you want to you know not waste money but you also want a guy that can hit bombs so where mm-hmm. do you meet at the middle ground you know yeah. 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 And um, so Schwarber, another guy I'd be more in on because of it, it would be short term. It's not guaranteed to cost you as much money as Nelson Cruz. Um, mm-hmm. He's obviously older, uh, but I mean, he's 41. He's aging <laughs> like fine wine. I mean, oh, yeah. When is this guy going to stop hitting? I know when he went from Minnesota to Tampa Bay this year, it wasn't, he didn't produce great. Um, but I mean, I'd bet on this guy any day. He mm-hmm. still had a 2.5 war last year, 32 bombs and 832 OPS. Uh, he's had 110 home runs in his last three full seasons. Um, one year, 10, $12 million range, maybe 15, push it up to that. If there's a bunch of interest, if the DH comes to the National League. And that's that's obviously what we're assuming because you're not going to need a DH. If there is no yeah. 
universal DH. Um, but I mean, Nelson Cruz, this guy just hits and he keeps hitting and he keeps hitting. It doesn't matter how old he gets. And I think that the Padres are going to be interested. And I don't think there's any doubt that they're going to be interested. Oh no. Yeah. And I think there's proof of that because last year there were reports at the deadline <laughs> that we they were, were at least talking about him going, coming and playing what, like first or second base. That is that's second crazy. base. That's yeah, because no of how much he is power and all that. And they had, what, Machado and Tatis talked to Cruz a little mm-hmm. bit about playing in San Diego. Um, so they're obviously interested, and they were they were interested when he wouldn't even fit on the team. And That's if he crazy. fits on the team, I think they're really going to be interested. So I think that mm-hmm. would be a really great target. I mean, it's only going to be a one-year deal, two-year deal at the most. Yeah. Um, and I think if it takes – the Padres to go two years on him um, to get him because everyone else wants to do one year deals. I think they do it uh, because the owner, you know, Peter Seiler, he's willing to spend money. He's willing. And I think oh, yeah. spending money, you're allowed, you're going to eat money. And I think, I think, I mean, you're willing to eat money is what I'm trying to say. I think, yeah. And I think it's pretty clear Seiler's going to eat money one way or the other in these next couple years with a move of Hosmer and his contract uh, or a move of other guys' contracts, you know, areas on the team um, because they just need more athleticism, more power that they're just not getting right now. So Nelson Cruz, uh, I mean, that would be a great addition. I mean, hundred percent. I, you know, um, I went to a twins game and um, I don't think he was playing. I know I, no, he was playing. Byron Buxton wasn't playing. Shocker. Um, the age is getting there, but this this guy absolutely rakes. It's it's crazy. Um, this game I went to, I think it was like a, it was against the Reds. It was like a combined twenty runs scored, mm-hmm. and Nelson Cruz went like three for four with like a double and a home run or something like that. Um, which is crazy because he's forty one years old. Um, he moves like he can still run too. I know he's not like you know insanely fragile, um, but he, I mean he is forty-one, so there's always that concern. But I would be willing to give this guy a two-year deal to come to San Diego and hit bombs like he does. Like he's done this whole career, literally. You know, ever since he was with you know the Mariners, Rangers, Twins, wherever. Um, I, I think that we seriously have insane interest in this guy, especially. Considering last year, he wouldn't have even fitted. You know, like you said, um, imagining Nelson Cruz's second base is insane to me. Um, I would never in a million years picture him in the infield yeah. at second base. Um, but I think, you know, seriously. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have Machado playing right field right behind him to back him <laughs> up the whole time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think that 100% we seriously need to – make a push this is assuming again that is there there is a dh um but i think that nelson cruz i you can honestly make an argument that you want him over schwarber you know those are the short term yeah exactly yeah um yeah there i think that's a really good option 100 hopefully there's a dh hopefully they get a cba agreement quick even though it doesn't look like it um but yeah that'd be really cool yeah when when the league and the players are literally all expecting it to be a lockout, I don't foresee an agreement coming quickly or else there wouldn't be a lockout. There would be an agreement. So yeah, that's going to suck. But 
Yeah, so DH, Schwarber, Cruz, um, Soler's another one, but um, I wouldn't go after him. I think he's a little streaky. I think he's going to cost too much just based on his postseason performance and how he played with yeah. the uh, Royals. Um, but anyone else? Um, why not if we're talking about postseason guys? Throw in Eddie Rosario. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> throw okay. him in left. Why not? Um, I mean – it was a lot of money, you know, they traded him from the Indians to the Braves, but he kind of, I think he really kind of revived his free agency, you know, kind of outlook. Um, and he was, he wasn't doing that well with, for his, for his amount of money he was getting paid, he wasn't doing that well with um, the Indians, but, you know, he, he won, he was a huge part of that postseason run. And yep. I think that he's going to get, you know, at least a one year, two year deal, um, you know, he might be worth looking at. I don't know. He's not on my – really on my list, but why not, you know? Yeah, the the reason why he's not on my list because I don't think the – what, the power – I mean, the power is there, but it's it's not like – It's not like these other shock, It's not like star, like worthy power. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can look up his stats right here. Um, I mean, but, yeah, like you mentioned, he played well in the postseason, uh, but like last year in the regular season, 14 home runs. So that's not really anything. Um, let's see here. I don't want to just judge him on that one year. So let's see what he did. He yeah. So something to get that big 17, contract. 18 and 19, he hit at least 24 homers in each year. 2020 he hit 13 bombs in that short year. So there is power there. Uh, but the strikeouts are definitely there. He didn't strike out much in 2021, but when he did have those big home run years, uh, he struck out 106 and 104 times. Um, so he is, I mean, he is, I guess he's classified under a power bat, uh, but I don't know. Just I, name, there's just I something, I just... there's just something about him that's like, I don't know. I'd, I'd rather just go with like Tom Pham than Rosario oh, for, yeah. some, for some reason. But uh, if, you know, if all comes to worst, you know, he's there, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, it's just interesting. It'll be interesting to see how much teams want to give him or how much the Braves want to give him considering, you know, the Freddie Freeman situation and Jock and Soler and how many guys they, you know, need to bring back. Yeah. Um, how much Freddie's money to San Diego. How much money they the, uh, how much money do they need to give him? Um, to he turned down that one year, right? He turned that uh, the five year something. I think it was like five for ninety. Who? Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman. Oh, I was like, holy Rosario. Yeah. No, no. Uh, <laughs> he turned down that. Oh my goodness, <laughs> Dennis Schroeder type situation. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that was. I think it was five for. Uh, one. I think it was 135 million. Maybe it was five, seven years. Five. Let me see. He turned down a lot of money. I know. He so he wants to down, be paid. Right, and I would have turned it down too if I was Freddie Freeman because you should, you know, get more than that based mm-hmm. on what you've done and. Uh, I need to hand did. that man a blank check and let him write whatever yeah. he wants on there. Five years, 135 million. <laughs> 
So that's a lot of money to turn down, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But I mean, that's basically he's gonna he get wants, more. He yeah. wants like two hundred. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if Goldschmidt got what one thirty, one thirty, one fifty, something like that. Wow. And the Cardinals yes. before he played one game in their uniform. Uh, yeah. And this guy's played like a decade there and won a World Series and MVP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's twenty-seven million a year. Yeah, Freeman, um, he's definitely going to get paid. Uh, and I think the Braves, they'll overpay. Mm-hmm. They've won a World Series. The Padres you overpaid for Hosmer, and they haven't won a World Series. So, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so this this is pretty much the episode. We got outfielders. Chris Taylor, that's pretty much a long shot, but – and he's a utility guy, so maybe he wants to have a bigger role somewhere else. Jock Peterson, Andrew McCutcheon, Mark Canna, Abisiel Garcia. Uh, I'm not going to mention Adam Jones as a real target. Uh, Tommy Pham, um, that's the outfield. And then, like, Kyle Schwarber, Nelson Cruz. Uh, and then, I mean, outside, outside shots, Soler and, uh, like, Eddie Rosario. Yeah. Nick Castellanos fits, but not – Financially, I Up mean that's, like a, that's a dream like scenario. Um, but yeah, is there any other guys? We'll do like a pitching episode as well for anyone interested in that. Uh, but any other just position players? It could be any other positions, but I mean, infield's yeah, I not a need. Catcher, we already have two of them. We just got to hope for better production out of it, to be honest, and better health. Well, you kind of got three now. I mean, if if Camposano does good, I don't know. Right. Um, so I don't think catches a need. I mean, first base, we're kind of stuck yep. right now. And we kind of have a couple backup options with Cronenworth and, I guess, Profar. Yep. Um, second base is good. Short short, and third, I don't even want to talk about because we're not even going to ever change that. I um, think they're good. I think we're good there. I think we're pretty good there, yeah. So I think we're good now. Yeah. Um, before we got off here, I did want to mention, I have gotten some questions about the podcast kind of not being on Apple podcasts and, uh, Spotify. Uh, there is an update on that, um, that I have for you now. Um, I do write for gaslampball.com. So that they've kind of, they've kind of taken that uh, and put it under their branch. So if you look up Talking Fires on like Apple Podcasts and Spotify, the first like what fifty or so episodes will be on there, um, and they'll always be there, so you can still look at those. Um, but the uh, new episodes from episode seventy-two, the Agler interview, which you can go watch on YouTube or listen to, uh, that was great. He definitely gave us a lot um, this past what week. Uh, you can listen to that, that, so episode like 72 and on from now on, if you look up gas lamp ball, G A S L A M P B A L L for anyone, uh, anyone that can't spell. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can look that up, um, and click on that and the episode will be there on Spotify, on Apple podcasts, um, and it'll say like Talking Friars episode, you know, 72, Jesse Agler, um, or episode 73 now, you know, outfield free agent targets, whatever, whatever I name it. So that's the update on that. The YouTube page, it'll still all be there. There's nothing changed with that. 
still look up Talking Friars and you get all the videos there. Um, and then social media is still the same. Twitter, Instagram, still the same. So that's the update on that. Uh, just before TikTok coming soon. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead with that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, but, uh, yeah. So that's the episode, episode 73. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Uh, we'll see if AJ Preller, uh, makes a move, uh, before this lockout. Um, we'll see if a bench coach is filled finally. We'll see, uh, what was that one? Um, it was like a coach, the hitting coach. We shouldn't talk about that either. Uh, Berdar, what's his name? Oh, um, I didn't hear about that. It, Michael Berdar, I think is his name. I, I want, I didn't want to go on about it because oh. everyone who says, okay. everyone who says this is a great hire, you don't know who the heck the guy is. So let's stop. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. Great. Let's stop. Same with Ruben Niebla. Like I said, like, we knew stuff from reports, and I even I said, I guess I'm contradicting myself because I did say I thought it was a good hire, but we we all don't know what we're talking about. We don't know who this. We well, get good is. and pitch good, then they're great hires. Cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, there's that. That's the new hire for the hitting coach. Still no first base, third base coach, bench coach, but hopefully those are filled soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this has been episode 73. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. At some point, Uh, until next time, Ben Thad and Jacob Zerman here. Uh, Let's go Padres.